Welcome to Prickly and Blooming, hosted by Jesse Browning and brought to you by LaJoy Society. At age 35, Jessie theoretically adored her life. She was a mama to four children and owned multiple businesses with her husband. But without an ability to cope or care for herself, an isolating darkness crept in. Through reckless self-care, therapy, and lots of candor, Jessie found her joy again. She has created LaJoy Society to embolden others to do the same. Each week, we will meet a woman who has an authentic story to share. Undoubtedly, Jessie will be sharing her big heart, unusual life, and countless theories with you along the way. Now, here's Jessie. So today I have with me Bria Burke, and I'm so happy that she's taken the time to talk to me today. Um, she said I didn't necessarily have to say this, but I'm going to say how I know Bria is that she is the owner and director of the yoga studio that I go to in my new town. Um so this is how I know her, and it's really funny. We're having this conversation over a computer, even though we're in the same town, but I don't have recording equipment to record this in person. So we're talking over the internet in the same town. Hi, Bria. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. Would you like to um, tell everyone what I'm calling the um, like baseball card statistics? Is there any just like basics that you want to get out of the way? just to kind of introduce myself. So yeah, my name is Bria and um, I am, you know, a Texas girl born and raised here in somewhat West Texas. Um, I have uh, am the current owner of Yoga San Angelo and I opened that studio or this studio, I'm actually here right now, uh, about 15, almost 16 months ago. So September 29th of 2018 was the opening day of Yoga San Angelo. And it's really been a great journey over the past year and a half, uh, you know, 16 months with the community and uh, just uh, empowering role that I've stepped into. And it's just been really a great experience. Um, I have a history in just uh, free spirit living and, uh, you know, kind of walking on the edge of life and just being super explorative and, and adventurous. And I love traveling and um, I've done a lot of things. And I have two amazing boys that are pretty much almost grown now. My oldest is 19 and my youngest is 14. And um, I have two dogs and several cats. And I love riding bikes and teaching yoga and, you know, talking about how to expand the mind and the heart and healing and how to recover from, you know, um, past experiences that might have been troublesome for us. And, you know, I just am a, a seeker, a seeker of, of truth and light and you know, uh, have a lot of experiences that have gotten me to where I'm at today, but I'm just uh, grateful to to be here to share them with you and everyone else. And yeah, so I don't know if there's anything else I need to describe about myself at this right. point, but that's pretty <laughs> right. much who I am in a nutshell, I guess. Right. That's kind of sets the groundwork, I believe, probably for a story you're going to share with us. Um, so I'd say, like, let's get into it if you'd if you're ready. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Do you have a, a question you want to ask me first so, and foremost? Or do sure. you... uh, the first um, thing that I have been asking is 
if there like a moment, you know, I, and if there's not, that's there's not. Um, but for me, there was like a day. There was a day that things had to change. And so if you have a day like that, I'd love to hear that first. And then, you know, we can go back and kind of talk about what led you to that day and then where you went from that day. But usually there's there's kind of either a major or sometimes just a minor thing that happens that sets us on a new course. And so if you have that to share. I do have that to share as a matter of fact. Um, And of course, there's a back to backstory to that builds up to that day. And there's a lot of um, factors and influences that make up that story. But yeah, uh, so the day that pivotally changed my life was probably, well, not probably, definitely. I was trying to think of the exact day it was. I think it was September 3rd of 2015. And, you know, that was a Labor Day weekend. So um, I drank my last bottle of wine on that Sunday night. Well, probably two bottles of wine. Um, And I think I woke up Monday morning on Labor Day to, to go to work. And I was hungover. Bad super hungover and I could not uh, go to work because I was just sick, physically ill, throwing up, you know, just disgust, which that was not the first time I had ever felt that way. As a matter of fact, I had felt that way so many times and told myself that I was never going to do my, do this to myself again. And it would always come back around and I would do it again. But for some reason that day when I woke up and I was physically ill, I couldn't go to work. And then the next day, so I stayed in bed all day. The next day I woke up and I couldn't go to work again because I was a complete emotional wreck. So I was like emotionally hungover on day two. And I just laid in my bed all day long. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't. And something hit me. I don't know what it was, you know, like, or I don't, I don't know if it was just all the buildup from before that just brought me to that moment of making the final decision. It's like, I'm not going to fucking live my life like this anymore. I can't, I'm losing my spirit. I'm losing who I am truly. And I'm just not going to be that. And it was like, a, it was a fork in the road. If I had not made the choice on that day, then I feel like that there would have been never, I would have never turned back and I would have just become a miserable human being. You know, so I just told myself that day, you know, I had been playing with the idea of like trying to quit drinking for a long time and I had tried before, but like something about it hit that day and I was like, all right, I'm done, you know? And so I stepped up and, you know, the next day and got up and went to work with that decision, just, you know, deep in my mind and deep in my heart. And somehow I, tr- I managed to to find the will and the discipline to just stay on track of not making the choice to go back to drinking. Um, And uh, it was hard. I mean, not quitting drinking wasn't that hard, but facing the feelings and the emotions and the anxieties and the, all the things that presented themselves without drinking. So like after I stopped, for a good month or two, I just had this total influx, influx of like extreme anxiety and like par- paralysis, like where I would be laying in bed, just paralyzed, 
with anxiety. And I think at that point, I realized that I have probably had anxiety my whole entire life and never was able to fully feel it on a sensational way in my body until I had stopped drinking, you know? And so I realized at that point that I had like some social anxiety and, you know, but, um, and the emotions and the feelings and all these things that I was able to surface and start taking a look at, which obviously trigger, you know, um, a response, probably a fear based response or a response of anxiety. Um, and that I, I just was, I had to start looking at myself deeper and, and what those sensations, sensations were and what it felt like to feel like that without numbing myself with alcohol. So it was the first time in my whole entire life. How old was I like that? I guess 15, 2015 was, it was four years. And so we're going up on the fifth year. I'm 42. So, I mean, I was like 36 years old or 37 years old. So I had lived a whole life from the time that I was 15 years old of a lifestyle of, of partying and um, numbing myself with, with alcohol and other things to uh, just, yeah, just, and I, to have fun, I guess I thought that's what it was. But later on in life, I started realizing that it was more just a detriment to my spirit and soul and that I had to, I had to let it go. But, mm-hmm. you know, I since th- I, or go ahead. I was gonna say, I think that we're learning as a kind of a cultural moment here that when you're trying to numb the bad feelings, you're numbing all the feelings. Like you can't selectively numb. And I think that's what you're talking about. You you were losing your spirit. You were numbing it so much. And I just want to say that this is just such a similar story that I've told and that, um, that other women have already shared with me on the show. Like it's, it's so great that we're having these conversations and I'm, I, I know that there are other women that are doing just this, you know, in their lives right now. And so yeah, that's what I just want to say is like the numbing stuff about how you can't numb just bad feelings. You're going to numb it all. So. Right. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's true because mm-hmm. I was, uh, my, my potentials and my trust in myself and my confidence was also being numbed, you know, mm-hmm. um, yep. the pain was being numbed, but, but the, the light was being numbed as well. As well. Um, and, you know, since I've made the decision to take alcohol out of my life, things have changed significantly and for the yeah. better. Yeah. Obviously, wanna, you know. Yeah. Do you want to take us back? So what, before, because I want to know what sobriety has brought you, but where were you, like, what, what job did you have that you didn't show up for that Monday? You know, take me back. What was the landscape of your life? What, what? What were you doing? Well, you know, where did you live? That kind of stuff. What what got you to that day in September? Yeah, I think I'm going to take it to I'm going to kind of tell you the bigger picture and then we'll go to where I was at during that time in my life. OK, Um, you know, I think it's it's pretty pertinent for us to recognize and realize, especially when we're on a healing journey uh, to that, you know, our, you know, conditionings and our upbringing and you know, our late, our relationships and our environment that we were brought into as children or as babies, um, 
how much emphasis that actually has on molding our character um, as adults. And, you know, without playing the blame game, because, you know, part of the healing process is being accountable. And, um, you know, I, I'm not blaming anybody for the circumstances that uh, or situations that I was raised in or or exposed to, if you will, because my parents are well, my my father's is gone. He died in 2010 of liver failure. Um, he was an alcoholic and um, amongst many other things. But his name was Alan Burke and he and I were very close, um, you know, my whole entire life. Uh, he was he was a wild man. <laughs> he was a, he was a great great uh, friend, and he was very passionate about a lot of things. But he was just one of those people that never really figured it out, you know. And I'm I still am am trying to figure out why it was that he never never was able to figure it out. And because I don't really feel like he was like had that hard of a life growing up, you know, I mean, it was a different time period. It was different eras, different culture. I mean, especially the parents of our parents were raised in a completely different culture. So, you know, the, the way that our parents were raised is different than the way that we were raised and the way that their parents were raised and, and all those generations and what was going on in society, you know, definitely affect. So back to what I was saying, you know, in, in the yoga practice and, and my spiritual own personal journey and spiritual practice, like I've been able to identify that, you know, some of the conditioning that the conditionings, what we are brought into this world, what we, what we, when we come into this world, what we're surrounded with, you know, so our culture, you know, our, our families, you know, the environment that we live in, the country that we live in, the town we live in, you know, how all these things condition and influence who we become later on, you know? Um, so we come into this world, in my opinion, um, like I was thinking about this this morning, like a seed spirit, right? Or a, we come into this, into this world as a soul, if you will, that is, you know, almost untouched untouched or unstruck or, or non-changing, right? So it's like that part of you that never changes, but as you are raised in a certain environment or in a certain way, you are conditioned and programmed into these different thought processes and beliefs mm -hmm. and, um, that, that influence and direct who we are, like I said, our character, our personalities, um, how we, the value that we have on ourselves, uh, the, how we maintain relationships. Uh, so anyways, with all that being said, you know, my parents were loved and, and my mom is still, you know, present. She's actually in the other room right now. And she <laughs> has been, um, a very, you know, strong source of stability uh, for me in my whole entire life, you know, just like we all have, you know, there's different characteristics of our personalities that, you know, are imprinted by our upbringing. So she was raised in a certain way that 
gave her different tactics of how to raise a kid. You know, no, I don't think any parent actually knows how to raise a kid. We're all just doing the best we can, you know? Um, so anyways, I feel like uh, my relationship with my father and my, uh, who my father was has pretty much strongly affected like who I have become as a woman, because, um, you know, I think some of my biggest challenges in life, well, my biggest challenge in life has been, uh, maintaining and balancing my emotions and, in some way or the other, I relate my lack of the ability to know how to do this from the get-go. Um, I kind of relate that to my relationship with my father and who he was when I was growing up, you know? So I have this thing in my mind that, you know, women, you know, our relationships with our parents are, are very significant and influential on on the value that we have in ourselves, you know, and, you know, my father was always a loving father. He never did me wrong in any ways, but he was just never able to give me the emotional stability that I needed to grow into being a confident, you know, um, self-loving, self-trusting young woman. And so when I came into, you know, my adolescence, and I think, of course, especially poor things today, you know, when you're a teenager, it's hard to find your way. It's hard to find the value, it's hard to find your confidence. It's hard to find your purpose. And, you know, I think just me, just like everybody else in the world, you know, just had to take some time to try to find myself. But when I became a, a young adult, and like I said, I have been drinking and partying all this time from the time that I was like 15 years old till I was 36. So you've got to keep that in mind. Like most of my life revolved around that's who my friends were. That's what I did in my, you know, extra time, you know, so that doesn't really, isn't very conducive to finding an emotional stability in your life. So um, anyway, so <laughs> as I yeah. came into, you know, being a young adult, I had my first son when I was 22 years old. Um, I met my ex-husband when I was 19. We were together for a couple of years and then we got married um, and I had my first son. And he and I chose a very alternative, out of the box, non-conformist lifestyle, which is part of my personality. Like that's just who I am. I'm a, I don't, I'm, I can't follow up, you know, I'm just, I'm not a very good uh, rule follower, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. can't even follow a recipe, so like, I, have to, <laughs> I have to do it my own way. So yeah. that's just kind of how I've always been. But, you know, so, and my ex-husband, he, he came from kind of a, <sighs> the word dysfunctional, you know, he came kind of from a, a hard background too, like in the, an emotional sense. You know, so when we got together, we didn't really either one of us have the tools to support each other's past or the the growth that we needed to experience as individuals. We were really just kind of in this like codependent relationship, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, with each other because we didn't know any better and we did not know how to, you know, make better decisions for 
our, each other or better decisions for our family environment. I mean, we just we just didn't know how to do it, but we did the best we could for as long as we could. And then in 2005, I had my second son and we moved all around. You know, we lived in Taos, New Mexico. We lived in Playa Carmen, Mexico. We, you know, traveled and, you know, backpacked through Guatemala with our three-year-old and our eight-year-old. And, you know, we did all kinds of cool stuff, you know. Um, but we just, and it really, I think I still deal with some of the guilt and shame today that I really just look at it in my perspective now is that I just did not know what I was doing on an emotional level. Like I did not know how to trust or love myself. So there was no way that I was going to be able to fully trust and love him the way that he needed to be because I didn't even have that for myself. And so, you know, that only feeds the cycle of just the, the cycle of self-misery, you know? So I, I spent most of the time that I was married to my ex just in turmoil with myself, which was really hard on him. And it was really hard on our family. And it was really hard on me, you know? And um, so in 2010, we were living in Playa Carmen, Mexico at the time. And the year before is when I did my first 200 hour yoga training. So I did my yoga training down there in Playa Carmen in a great, really cool, like eclectic environment with international, you know, people all over. And it was really cool. But in 2010, um, you know, Josh and I's relationship, that's my ex, had been on the rocks for a while. And my dad had been sick and um, we were kind of in a place financially to where it was getting more and more difficult for us to stay in Mexico. So he had Josh had made the decision to go ahead and move back into Austin and get back hands-on with his business. So we were self-employed all during all the time. And the whole time we were self-employed. We did our okay. own work, created our own money. And that's kind of a whole another story. But anyways, in 2010, we decided to move back from Mexico. And that's when my, well, my dad passed away September 10th of 2010. And that really kind of triggered, that was a, a very pivotal point in and change for me. So when when my dad died, he died in my arms, by the way. He, it was just me and him when he died. Um, he was only 56 years old, you wow. know, and wow. he lived a, he, a hardcore life. His liver was, his liver gave up. But yeah. um, as far as substance abuse goes. Right. Um, but when, after he died, it changed everything for me. You know, I, I just looked at myself and I was like, I can't, you know, I, Uh, that was when I made the decision that I was going to split up with Josh and just live my life. My perspective at the point was that if I'm not happy, I have to, this is the only life I live and I have to figure out how to either release what's not serving me or find my way back to myself or something. And I just, I felt like I couldn't do it with Josh. Mm -hmm. And it really, I still carry a lot of pain um, from that. And it's kind of weird how those emotions, like you just kind of push them aside and, shove them under the rug until you start talking about it. And then it's right. like, oh yeah, I still feel that. That's that, yeah. Um, I like to call it walk it off. Just walk it off. 
right? Yeah, just walk yeah. it off. Just walk There's it off. Is... so much walking it off, it off. before it arises yeah. again. And I feel you know, like that's a really... generational oh, thing. That's a total generational thing, though. Just walk it off. Walk it off. Yeah, no, it is. And I think that's probably our parents' generation uh-huh. telling yep. us yes. to kind of toughen up and just keep moving forward. You know, just don't, you don't even have to look, you don't even have to deal with that. Just ignore yeah. it. Yes, you know? ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not really, you know, for people that are seeking like answers is not an option. You know, that yep. was never an option for me to just ignore my feelings. Like I couldn't. You know, they're uh-huh. too overbearing, you know? Yep. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> so Josh and I split up in 2010 and that's when, and I moved back from Playa del Carmen into, into Kyle, which was awesome. So we had been living in the tropics for almost three years at that point. So we're talking white sand beaches, Caribbean, Caribbean blue water, you know, daily lifestyle of tropical living you know, daily visits to the beach under the palm tree in the hammock, you know, coconut water. Well, margaritas at the time too. And does yeah, 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 but, right. <laughs> you know, um, so it was a very, um, dreamy lifestyle that I did not want to leave. My dad died. I got it or I split up from my husband and I had to move back from paradise into suburbia, Austin, Kyle, Texas, KB home neighborhood. That was like, it was a shocker. It was a complete shocker. Like I, I remember being completely, that was the first time ever in my life that I felt what depression was. And I was just again, paralyzed in my bed with like, just what in the heck happened to my life? You know, like, I don't know what happened, but, um, I had to figure out a way to like start making a living on my own, which was really difficult. And Josh and I's relationship was very uh, tumultuous and just, there was a lot of uh, anger and bitterness towards each other. And, you know, the kids were going through some really hard transitions. And then from 2010 to 2014, I was living in, yeah, there and then South Austin and things just progressively got worse as far as my emotions go. And, um, I just kind of lost all control. I was trying to hold it together. You know, um, were you still practicing? Were you still doing yoga? Oh yeah. So in 2009, I did my training and then yes, I was teaching and practicing. I've been practicing and teaching since 2009 during all of it. Yeah. So, um, Anyways, um, in 2014 is when I hit bottom, you know, that was when like everything kind of just had gone to shit and, you know, I kind of was in a really hard spot and that's when I decided to move back to San Angelo to be closer to my mom Mm -hmm. and my brother and just kind of like pick up the pieces of what had been fall, what had fallen and um of myself pick up the pieces of my spirit and I had to make the decision like I didn't want to come back to San Angelo I never thought that I would have to or that I would even want to or or desire or even be fulfilled if I did but you know that decision was the first step in the direction of becoming um finding my way back to myself you know more not only coming back home but finding my way back literally back to myself and so 
that was it was hard though for a while because when I came back to San Angelo, I had come back at a place that when I was at my lowest point, so I had no self esteem. I had no I didn't I didn't purpose or you know confidence in who I was or what I was doing. If anything, I was just disgusted with myself and disappointed and you know sad and broken and all those things. And you know I had you know because I was so down on myself I, I just feel like I made a lot of really bad decisions that affected other people in negative ways and you know that's a daily kind of struggle getting over the shame and guilt of the decisions that I made that hurt others you know um and you know so so yeah in 2014 I moved back to San Angelo I was looking for a job here and you know I got a job trying to sell Nissans at the local <laughs> Nissan dealership, which was like completely ridiculous. Um, but my dad was a Nissan car salesman. So it was kind of an homage to him for like a minute, which was kind of an embarrassing homage, but whatever. Um, I lasted just a couple months there. And then I saw that this natural like greens, it was called greens grocery food store that was going to be opening up in San Angelo. And you know, I was like, oh, yes, that's where I want to go get a job. So I contacted the person that was in charge of putting that all together and said, hey, I want to work for y'all. And so he hired me on hourly to start with to help build the inside of the grocery store, like put up the shelves and like arrange everything. And, you know, we got our first shipment of, of inventory and we placed it all up on, you know, I was merchandise the whole entire store and help build the inside of the entire store and um then after we opened the doors they put me um as the product manager so I had kind of like you know the the background of holistic and natural kind of you know lifestyle and approach to life and way of thinking and so they thought I'd be a good person to manage the products of the grocery the groceries. Um, and so I did a lot of like working with, uh, natural food, you know, distributors and stuff like that. And, and worked that job as a manager there for, um, you know, another two years or about two years, I guess was what it was. Um, and during that time that I was working at greens, uh, was when I, got to the point to where I was made the decision to stop drinking. So I started working at greens in September of 2014. And one year later, I, um, is when I chose to stop drinking in 2015. And at that time, you know, it was pretty convenient. I had a house that I was living in across the street from the grocery store. So my kids were able to, like, I was able to, you know, oversee them and still work 50 hours a week and still try to be kind of present with them, you know, at home since they were right across the street and school and stuff. Um, my oldest went through some transitions during that time. It was all kind of rough for all of us. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I did make the decision to stop drinking for myself. But I knew that if I didn't do something, that my kids were going to have to face this some of the same challenges. I mean, they were just going to continue in the destructive cycle of, you know, that I had been raised in. And so they were, they were a very, you know, 
they were very much a part of my decision to stop what I was doing and and become a present mom to them as they moved into their adolescence and you know needed me to show them that times can get hard and may be rough but that we have in our true nature have the wherewithal and the ability to choose our way out of that i really started finding my way back to to uh trusting myself and to loving myself and you know i i was really down and out and i mean i remember a pivotal time when i was trying to transition out of um just a state of misery like one of the things that i remember doing was looking in the mirror and telling myself that you know i'm that you know i'm beautiful and that you know i'm better than this i'm better than the negative thoughts i'm better than the insecurities and that i can do this and then i'm going to just you know that tell myself that you know i believe in you you're you're worth all this you know and i literally had to start talking to myself in the mirror which is kind of an awkward thing for people to think about doing you know telling yourself that you love yourself and that you're you know, worth doing something else, you know, or doing the improvement or, you know, just worth it all. So, um, yeah, so, but it was a lot easier to do once I quit drinking than do uh, continuing to drink because the alcohol was really a detriment to my two, true spirit. And so after I chose to quit drinking, I, uh, about four months in, I, uh, had this customer that I had been ordering a specific product for, for, you know, about a year and he wasn't from around here. Hence why he wanted a specific natural product. He was from Oregon. Um, and you know, after about a year, I ended up calling him one time and telling him that, you know, it, his order was in and he's like, you know, I've been really wanting to tell you, thank you for all these times you've ordered this stuff for me. And I really have to like treat you sometime. And I was like, Whoa, was the, this guy just asked me out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds great. And he's like, sure. I'll, you know, take you on a helicopter ride sometime. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm a helicopter pilot. Well, long story short, that's Jeff. And okay. he's who I'm with now. And so four months after I quit drinking, I met Jeff, we started dating and everything progressed pretty fast. And he's all, he's his whole entire life been a non-drinker and uh, a non-partier and a hard worker and a level-headed person with, you know, a whole lot of um, fire to get shit done and just make the right decisions. And so he's been a, a very um, important part and strong part of me uh finding my way back to uh who i really am and just not not being not veering off and going back down that path you know i don't give him all the credit but i really do feel like he's been a very supportive part of my decision in doing that for myself and so ever since then in the past you know um four years we've really uh, built our own individual lives, but have had the support, you know, with each other to just 
grow. And I mean, he's been really great with like nurturing me and through the whole process, because even though I made the change in 2015, that doesn't mean everything's all better. You still Mm -hmm. have every single day going through the memories, the thoughts of the experiences, the sensations that the memories trigger, the feelings, the guilt, the shame, the uh, remorse, the all those things that you have to process and deal with after, you know, like you make the decision to get sober. So I've literally been spending the past four years trying to get over all the <laughs> stuff that I did when I was drinking and partying. But you know, I'm I'm super grateful for all the experiences. I, I really don't know if I would change anything, you know, like I, I can't say that. I mean, I think that we're all kind of put here to experience what we experience so we can see if we can learn the lessons that we are provided, like through those experiences and then, you know, evolve into a stronger, uh, you know, more aware being uh, that is on the way to living our fullest potential, you know? So I've been really seeking that out over the past four years of how to just let all my shit go and become the best version of myself, you know? Right. And it it took quitting the alcohol to even start the process. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm, I'm, you know, a little, you know, in September of 2000, it seems like everything happens in September. Isn't that weird? Right. So talk so- about the cycles of life. I'm not sure why September is such a pivotal changing time for me, but like when I opened the studio in September of 2018, ever since then, it's like just been this like soaring ride of just growth and expansion and awe of just like, holy cow, like, wow, like, this is what is happening now. And I have all this history and these experiences and these memories of these great times. But most of the times that I had before were all fun, but except for my emotions that took me down the drain after it. But I had a lot of fun doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Getting drinking <laughs> is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, that it's, you know, so I'm, I'm on the up and up now, girl. So yes, nice. And I'm able to share my experiences with others. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful and thankful to come across other, you know, women that are maybe have similar stories. One of these days, I want to hear your story too. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, you're episode- doing all this. Yeah. Episode one. <laughs> okay, I got to go listen yeah. to it. You need well, to make yeah. sure I have it, the links. Yeah, when it comes out, I'm sure. Okay. Um. So when, like, I know you have yoga in your, you know, kind of arsenal. What else did you introduce in your life, you know, to kind of help facilitate a new way of doing things? You know, I, you you were a yoga teacher already. So I imagine, though, getting sober took your yoga to a different level but was there anything else you implemented, you know, to help, like I said, a new way, you know? Well, you know, I, I think that for me, um, personally, I, I've innately been a spiritual being my whole entire life. I've, I've always been able to connect, you know, with, um, kind of a higher force, if you will, or, 
like through nature or just kind of that empathetic, you know, just empathy through other people. And I really am a spiritual being. So what happened was, is when I quit drinking and I started going, you know, more into the thought process of, of what is going to make me feel better. It's like, you know, a big part of the equation is the spiritual aspect. So like connecting with that higher force in whatever way, and I do it in many different ways, you know, but I mean, a lot of it for me is like exercise or, you know, being outside and being in nature, but, you know, aligning and, um, you know, connecting with that higher divine source and force of energy or power or God or whatever you want to call the divine, you know, um, has been a, a, a important part, played a huge part in my uh, mental and emotional well-being. And just, uh, you know, in yoga, we talk about the different layers of, of existence and, you know, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, you know, and the energetic. I mean, all these spokes of the wheel play equally important roles in um, maintaining a balanced life, you know, so spirituality is a big part for me, you know, um, and it fluctuates. There's no, I don't really have one specific technique. I mean, yoga is obviously a significant tool for finding your way to that connection. Um, but it's, it looks different for everybody. And I, because I'm a nonconformist, remember, I really (laughs) have a hard time with like, all the complicated details of what it takes to reach a state of enlightenment. Like you have to do this, or you have to be like this, or you have to eat like this, or you have to, you know, and I did do that. It's like, okay, I've got to follow all all of these disciplines and all of these rules so I can, you know, meditate better or be a better yogi or whatever. But, you know, ultimately I think just embracing life, um, moment by moment and, and just experiencing what each breath and and each moment has to offer really, and not worry about like, not only what the end result's going to be, but like how you're going about it. If it fits the mold of what other people say is supposed to be, you know, I I just have had to let go of some of those kinds of thoughts and just kind of really just be me in it. And, um, just really find my own way to connect that might not yet be written down in as an official technique. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But um, so I would say definitely like connecting to spirit, you know, and, and I think nature is a, there's something there. I was just walking this morning and it was foggy out and so foggy. Yeah. And I have this little space in the back of my, you know, a few acres behind the house that I walk the dogs through. And it was kind of just like this, like mysterious, mystical morning through the trees, but you could hear, I could hear the birds chirping. And it's just like that force of nature. It's just like, I could feel it within me. Like it's a part of me. Like I am a part of nature and I feel that. And I feel that that is that is definitely 
you know, one direct source, one direct link to the source, the grander source, whatever it may be, you know, and I can, I can see that in the sun. I can see that in the moon. I can feel it in the sun. I can see it in the moon, you know, um, I can hear it in the, in the sounds, you know, so like, that's how I experience that connection through nature. And um, I, did you exp- experience that connection or feel that connection for the years that you were, like you said, partying and like, I mean, I know you enjoyed your time on the beach, right? Like you said, it was beautiful and you were living kind of that beach life, but did you feel any of like, what was that connection there then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And that's a good question and a good point, because, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I've been a spiritual being my whole entire life. So I feel like a part of me is the same that I was when I was three years old. So that part of me that has never changed is the part of me that connects, that is the spiritual part of me. And so during, yes, I, during my, some of my hardest, most down and out times, you know, a lot of my, you know, my go-to was prayer, you know, and I would pray just for relief of this, whatever was happening, you know? And so, yes, going to my spiritual, you know, I, I would even pray in gratitude for the shittiest experience ever, just because it was like, I felt like that's what I had to do. Like I had to embrace and be grateful for what I was going through, no matter how bad it felt, because I knew if I embraced it, that it would somehow come out a positive on the other side, you know? And so, yeah, and so many times do I remember um, significant memories of being in the ocean or being in the sand and just feeling that force um, from the outside, going deep inside me and then the, the source that's so deep inside me just expanding into the into the earth and into the cosmos like I've, I've yes I've always felt that connection it's always been there and even during my hardest times I've, I've I think that's what I've held on to that's what I've kind of that's been my my uh, my ground you know is because I can always go back to that unchanging self and recognize that I have the ability to not react if I want to, you know, because I have the strength of that source inside me. And, you know, that's, it's always been, it's always been part of my strength. It's been part of how I've overcome, you know? And so I really feel like spirituality, even though my spirituality is definitely does not, is not, defined or molded in any way um that I know of yet I mean I have different thought you know I have different beliefs that kind of align with some belief systems and then I have beliefs that align with others and then I have questions I mean I was raised Christian you know which is you know there's a there's a lot to that story and you know I have all respects to the stories and I have my own personal connection with Jesus Christ himself but like I also can see the bigger picture in a lot of ways, or I've just seeked some other 
um, schools of thought, you know, I, I really find world religion interesting, but I also find it problematic in a lot of ways because I feel like it's caused so much, um, you know, destruction between the groups and humanity, you know? Right. And so I, uh, go ahead. I would say of human connection. Yeah, we, it's divided us. It has definitely divided us. And it's unfortunate because I think that the main purpose and the main, you know, goal in religion initially was to take us to the truth. But humanity, I mean, as humans, we've really messed up a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know, like, right. yeah, and you can see it in the world, and it, you know, I try not to think too much on the negative side of things, but you know, I, I definitely think some of the decisions that we have made as a, as an empire have impacted us in negative ways, and I'm not sure there's a way out. You know, I'm sure that we're just going to end up kind of going through the same cycles as the rest of the civilizations have. You know. And and we're we're in it. We're in the middle of it, or we're on the downward spiral, or I don't know. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. No kidding. So, um, so now you know. Now you uh, own a yoga studio. Uh, is there anything else that you know? And it's kind of like now and now and in the future. You know, like now and now what? Um, it's kind of like a question of like so. so Okay, so like now I'm here. So what's next? Yeah, okay. like now, you know, now you have this this yoga studio and you've turned, you know, this passion into a business, like which isn't amazing. Um so you can talk um to, you know, what life looks like now, which I think you have already. So maybe it's time for, you know, anything else that you like is there anything you're working on? Is there anything you want to grow to? Is there anything like that is um well, pulling you? Yeah, Dreams. well my main Purpose. My main purpose and, and intention behind opening the yoga studio was to live my own personal dream of just being my own boss and, and you know, doing what I love. Um, but my deeper intention and purpose uh, for opening the studio has to do with my deep desire to help others, you know and help others out of their suffering and into healing. And, um, you know, I just have a really deep passion for, you know, sharing that it's a possibility if we open ourselves to it and that, and we find, you know, methods that resonate with us. And yoga has just been one of the only you know, tools that I have found that has had, you know, that offers these different aspects or disciplines or practices that really lead you back to your true nature and who you, and your true purpose and who you really came here to be outside of the identities, outside of the stories, outside that we tell us ourselves about who we are. And outside of, um, you know, the, the roles that we play and outside of the memories and experiences that we have been exposed to. And just it 
And I feel like, you know, we as a society, we are so disconnected now um, that it's really hard for people to find um, their find a connection with themselves, with each other and even with nature. And so my intention behind Open the Studio is not only to unite like minded people who are interested in growth and expansion of the mind and heart, but to be here as a space and um, an environment that people feel comfortable in to come here and shed those layers uh, that aren't serving them and, and work their way back to their beautiful light self that they are, you know? And so really, truly, really, really, truly, like in the bottom of my heart, this venture is for, is my service to others because I want to be here. If, if it's just one person that is transformed in these walls, then my job is done. And, and that's why. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for the guidance that has come from not only my, you know, family, my mom, my boyfriend, uh, my kids, you know, my past experiences, but from, from God and from my guides and from the spirit energy that, that pushes me forward and protects me, you know, um, I am just really grateful to be in this space and be in this role. And I'm, uh, grateful for the opportunities that it's opened up, um, and the relationships that I'm establishing and just the creative flow that is happening in here. And, and because I have the space, I'm, I'm able to make connections like this one with you to where, you know, it's just like in the end, the job is, is to bring awareness to others, right? Bring awareness to others. So we, they, so we can all expand our understanding of how this treacherous life can be beautiful and wonderful, you know, like, and, and we're, and I really think it takes, you know, it takes individual work, but it also takes a unity of community too. And so that's what I've really, you know, appreciate about what Yoga San Angelo has offered is that it's building a community that was much needed in San Angelo because there's, you know, as progressive or out of the box thinkers, you know, and people that are just, you know, living something besides the mainstream, or maybe you are living in the mainstream, it doesn't matter. But this is a space that we can openly be who we want to be, you know. And so that's pretty much where I'm at. And I just want to continue doing, you know, what I'm doing and just keep the creative wheels turning and just uh, keep keep blowing it up like we already yeah. are and keep moving yeah. forward and just embracing it with grace and, and wisdom and, and just staying connected and, and, you know, guided. It's funny that you said that about the yoga studio and hoping that just at least one person could be transformed by, you know, the environment you've created. I emailed um, so my yoga transformation happened, you know, five years ago in, you know, a different town. And I uh, just emailed the owner of the yoga studio in, you know, Marfa. 
and said, you know, I just want you to know that having that yoga studio like set me on this new course and just like how much it changed my life to go to yoga class and like, you know, I'm sure I've done all the work, but she created the space. She had the business. She, you know, had the teachers there, you know, using her studio. And, and so I, it's, it'll happen. You'll have, you know what I mean? It will happen. Just keep, you know, keep it up and keep doing it. Like it, it is whether or not you've gotten the feedback yet, it's happening, you know, which then reminded me of my next, well, not reminded me, which brings me to my next thought is, you know, my husband and I, um, started thinking about moving here in like uh, early to mid to 2018. And so we started, you know, watching San Angelo from afar and, and somehow, you know, that your studio creeped up into, I, I don't know if we read something on, you know, line or the newspaper or something. And we were like, high five. Cause my husband started going to yoga with me, you know, about two years ago. And we were like, yes, there's a yoga studio now. <laughs> like, cause yeah. I was a little concerned uh, because it had been such a, important part of my life for the last few years. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I, you know, I got to go. And I, we're not getting to the studio as much, but our life will hopefully be a little more structured soon. And then the third thing that you talked about, which is, this is my corny, I, I didn't come up with this, I'm sure, but, um, <laughs> a community, uh, um, I, I remember writing this like on Facebook one time, um, there's a you and I in community, and I'm so glad you're in mine. Aw, how <laughs> precious. That's so isn't, cute. Isn't I that love cute? that. i yeah. write that down yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I remember writing that on Facebook after I think it was like that crazy fire we had out in far west Texas or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. You and I. <laughs> That's really sweet. That's sweet. Corny, well, we're doing I'm, it, and it's yeah. happening, and I'm it's, proud of you for what you're you know, what you're doing. I mean, you're a go-getter and like just doing this, this is really just like breaking it out, you know, just going for it, you know? And I love that attitude. Just like, you know, just more than talk, you know, it's action, you know, purposeful action, which is beautiful, you know? And so I thank you for um, this opportunity. And I'm really excited to see where the La Joy Society podcasts go. You know, (laughs) I'm, I'm, for you and um it's been fun experience like you know seeing how this works so i look forward to like maybe doing it again sometime yeah for sure (laughs) so kind of in closing is um is there anything um you want to let anybody know um or uh where could people you know how they could follow the studio you know or anything you want to share like that You know, I'm grateful for all the experiences um, inside and out. Uh, I guess if there's a whole slew of people, you know, I I have a sense of me that wants to some way publicly apologize to everybody that I've done wrong in the past. But um, I'm not sure if that's even necessary. But I guess if people are listening, you know, we all have, I guess, some guilt we carry around. So if I've ever done you wrong, I'm sorry for real. And, um, maybe we can resolve it someday, but on to the next note, I just really look forward to the continuous growth, um, in San Angelo and as a yoga student myself and as a yoga teacher and a leader and as a friend and as, um, like I said, a community member. And I just, um, am grateful for all the participants 
thus far and all the new friends and relationships that I've established over the past, you know, year with the with the studio being open. And uh, yeah, if anybody that's listening is in San Angelo or around San Angelo, Texas, please uh, look up the studio. The website's yogasanangelo.com. You can find us um, on, of course, Instagram at the Yoga San Angelo. And then Facebook is also Yoga San Angelo. So um, yeah, I appreciate your time, Jesse, and all that you do and what you and your husband and your family is providing this community as well. And I look forward to um, an ongoing friendship with you. So thank you. Wrapping it up, uh, I will also say that I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all those things. Um, and this podcast uh, will, can be found, or this community can be found under LaJoy Society at all, at all those accounts. Um, and this is just so wonderful to hear everybody sharing, you know, what, what I'm calling this, this project is, you know, the pick, prickly and blooming, you know, it's kind of like the thorns and the flowers and you definitely had, you know, your thorns and flowers to share. And I thank you so much for doing that. So, um, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be. sense So pain.